starts at six? The dancers start at eight. <laughs> <laughs> they start at five, five, six, seven, eight. Da, na, 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 na. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Woo! <laughs> Energy's high. Getting let's go, it let's pumped. Go. Getting the blood <laughs> pumped in the loins and the groins. <laughs> is that the same thing? <laughs> is it? I don't know. Uh, it is. You're right. They're close. Loins and groins in my bosom. (laughs) Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite movie review podcast where your two hosts, Kendra. Allison. It's weird (laughs) when you don't say your last name. Why? I don't know. Because it's just like your name is so complete. Kendra Timmons. Like, it's just like a very, it sounds like. That's not technically my complete stage name either. I know. But I, actually, your complete stage name is actually very good as well. (laughs) Rhythmically, your name is very pretty. It makes sense. Mine, not so much. But yours, when you're like Kendra, and I'm like, what? No. Kendra Lee Timmons. What are you talking about? That just feels more personal to me where I'm like, we're friends. We're buddies. It's true. My friends don't use my last name when we talk. No, they don't. Your friends barely call you Kendra. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) They go, broad, over there. That girl. That girl. Anyway, Kendra and Allison are your hosts. (laughs) We are. We are your fabulous hosts. And we have decided we are going to watch movies that we have never seen before and decide whether they are, in fact, must-sees or not. So this week's film is Selma. It was first released in 2014. Just as a little recap, if you weren't able to watch the movie before listening to this episode, Selma is, I don't want to say like a biography. It's not a biopic per se because it's more about an event itself Mm -hmm. than it's about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But it does feature, it chronicles Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s campaign to secure equal voting rights with an epic march from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama in 1965, which obviously has its challenges because of the racism that was going on at the time, especially recently coming after abolishing segregation. And obviously we know that some Southern states, like they did with the abolition of slavery, were very slow to actually enact the rights that should have been in place from day one. So it was a really cool kind of dive into this historical event. Yeah. There's a lot of characters in this film. I would say definitely the lead, which is obviously Martin Luther King, is played by David, and I'm doing my best here, Olioo. That's what I'm going with. He's definitely the forefront of the film. Obviously, it's it's mostly about his story within this time period. But I would like to say Ava DuVernay is the director and did a fabulous, fabulous job. So those are kind of the highlight names. Oprah's in it. I mean, there's, there's a lot of hard hitters in this film, but uh, those are definitely kind of the individuals that stuck out to me while watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Kendra, how did you feel about this film? I really liked this film. I thought it was really nice to see a piece of history. I mean, I always enjoy watching historical events through the lens of like a fictional depiction of it. Mm-hmm. You can get a lot from textbooks in terms of what happened, dates, kind of basics, and then discuss from there. But there is something about putting it in a movie that really humanizes what's going on and gives you an insight into people's lives. And I think teaching you the actual 
empathy and the feeling of what was going on in those moments. So I think it's really important. It was really nice. I also think it was lovely to see a segment of Dr. Martin Luther King's journey that isn't as talked about, Mm -hmm. at least certainly for us in our Canadian school system. We learned a little bit about U.S. history, not enough for me to really fully understand what was going on in a lot of moments. I did have to like take a step back and go, wait, who was president? Uh, what What was happening? Where are we in the timeline? There were a lot of names thrown out that I went, oh, that's kind of familiar, but I don't know why. But I thought it was nice to see a depiction of this movement that isn't as talked about. We all know the I have a dream speech. We know that one. This one was nice to get more detail in a broader picture of what was going on and so I really enjoyed that Mm -hmm. I agree with you I didn't know much about the film as I usually don't I usually just go with the uh, synopsis that you and I find on whatever platform we're reading it from so I really did think it was going to be like a biopic like it's like a very stereotypical biopic of you know from beginning to end but right I didn't truly understand that it was focusing on this specific time period even though it's called Selma I don't know why I didn't clue right in I know the photo like the photo series of them you know marching through the bridge to Montgomery after I've seen those photos I didn't truly grasp the entire story and that is kind of as I was watching it there was I was thinking a lot of things but I was you know film is such a good learning tool I personally never really did well things didn't really stick for me in like classrooms and stuff like that but podcasts films media I do absorb a lot and get really visual about it and 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 it does really kind of sink into my skin a little bit more so I was so appreciative of just the fact that I I know that it's still like it's still a film so there's obviously you know this is a dramatized version it needs some things need to be taken with a grain of salt in a sense I'm not saying that you know any of these characters need to be taken with taken with a grain of salt to to the extent but like I don't actually know the conversations that happened with Martin Luther King and the president at the time Johnson Mm -hmm. you know those things like I don't really know much about United States politics and the history of their government. I know a little bit because I'm Canadian and it's very influential to us here, but I don't know all the presidents and all that kind of stuff. I feel like that's definitely an American thing to learn. But from what I understood, this president was named Johnson, correct? This was Mm -hmm. Johnson? Yes. Yes? So he was like kind of a really good president from what I know. I don't know. I feel like he was one of the better ones. You know, Watergate and all that kind of stuff didn't happen under his... (laughs) I was going to say, he he definitely passed some positive legislation that forwarded the civil rights movement. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. It's interesting to watch him be, like, reluctantly put into that place, Mm -hmm. if that is true, that his hand was kind of forced, which it definitely could be. But also, do we know for sure? I don't 100% know. So I was watching it with that kind of lens of being like, that could have been a dramatized version that his hand, hand was forced or was he fully committed to it? I think that was a good choice for the film, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted to be a good guy, but he also wanted to have his own agenda at the exact same time. I really appreciated just the knowledge that I got from a lot of 
the scenes in these in these films they really give us so much to think about and so much to appreciate that we have now and I think it's also for me anyway I enjoy these because it also humanizes these historical figures that we have in our mind Mm -hmm. like I have a note like within the first couple sentences of the movie it featured Martin Luther King's wife just calling him Martin yeah and I was like how rarely do you actually hear that one piece of that man's name yeah Never. Absolutely Mm -hmm. never. And like deservedly so. Everyone should know the full name. Mm -hmm. It immediately took us to a grounded place where it was like, this is a human being who did some miraculous things. But at the end of the day, he is human. And I think like what you're talking about with the conversations with the president, same thing. Mm -hmm. It's not this austere presidential, look at my decisions. It's like, no, that involved a lot of conversation and struggle and ego in certain places where he was like, I'll let you do what you want. Just, just wait. And it's like, I'm tired of waiting. Like there was a lot of... Yeah, like yeah, we couldn't wait like, anymore. We were dying. Exactly. And it just, it humanized a lot of, even the villains, or I think what I perceived to be the villains, which was the more, the conservative government Mm -hmm. who was like not willing to push the legislation through who put the blockades up who suggested that they go and arrest which i say in very deep quotes because it was really just intimidation and beatings like when they encouraged that kind of stuff like even Mm. those characters you could tell they were human beings with agendas whether those agendas were morally right or not Mm -hmm. a lot of the performances and the choices and the conversations that they showed alongside the speeches which I also have a note where I was like oh my gosh could you imagine having to perform I know famous speeches yeah with a certain tone and like oh like see and seeing both sides of that I think was Mm -hmm. really cool so the speeches weren't the historical speeches because I first of all I was like imagine being that actor who had to perform these speeches but what I learned was that basically Martin Luther King Jr.'s estate own all of those public speeches and those public speeches can be used in like news clippings and stuff like that that's why we always hear every year I have a dream playing on TV during the news and stuff like that but in depictions you cannot use those speeches so those are recreations of those speeches that were done extremely intelligently by Ava DuVernay as well as uh, David the actor who played Martin Luther King where they would she would write something and he would you know go and just perform it for her and then he would go well because he was working so tirelessly with a vocal coach because he's he's uh, English Mm -hmm. so he was working tirelessly with this vocal coach who was you know Martin Luther King was born in Alabama but he had a lot of Boston because he had a lot of formidable years in Boston so Mm -hmm. he had a lot of that in his speech as well so he would get these speeches record them and be like I think he would say this three times or I think he would say this two times I don't think he this would be so long she would do an edit record it and then she would go I don't think this part is working man to recreate and I mean I read an article where he said he feels fortunate that he is English because he can humanize Martin Luther King a little bit more because it's not Mm -hmm. this big kind of idea that he grew up with as much yes to perform those in that you know reverend stamina and that Mm -hmm. poise oh my gosh shivers it was so (laughs) genius I thought I had a fever while I was watching this film because I had so many (laughs) shivers 
he did very, very well. And he looks mm-hmm. so much like him, too. That's crazy. Yeah, they did a great job casting, figuring stuff out. I did only know there was one time his accent came out that I noticed. Where? It was in one of the speeches he was doing in the church to the congregation. Oh. Because I didn't know he was British. And I yeah. had a moment where I went, oh, is he from England? And then looked it up and was like, yeah. Wow. But I don't fault anyone for that because I couldn't do a consistent British accent to save my life. I walk into those situations and go, I want to give the performance. Mm-hmm. The performance has to be there. Mm-hmm. If there's a slip in the accent or something happens, it does not matter. It really yeah. doesn't. It, it is about can you feel the emotion? I would rather see that a million times over than somebody nail it perfectly, but at the sacrifice of the emotion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree with you. I think a lot of the time I get frustrated. I think I've mentioned this before when you watch kind of a House of Gucci. I started watching that and I was like, why do they all have Italian accents I feel like they should all have standard accents because they would all be speaking Italian no like they wouldn't be speaking English to each other with Italian accents they're in Italy they would be speaking Italian so that's when I go you know what let's just forget about the whole accent thing because you're all not doing it very well in these (laughs) moments I look at an actor like that and oh man I just think because it's so difficult you see it time and time again it's so difficult and it gets pulled apart and you and he is talking through 90% of the movie. It's about him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and how he spoke, like yeah. how he influenced a movement with with his words and mm-hmm. nothing else because he was he was nonviolent and that was so important. Yeah. Major props. That was not a criticism. That was just a, a moment of like there was one second where I yeah. went oh my gosh, this guy is British and he's doing this. So unbelievable. There's four British actors in this film. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing about Selma, I was watching the film and I, like I said, I thought we were going into like a traditional biopic and then I realized that it was a very, you know, snippet moment, a year, a year and a half. And formulaically, this film felt like your traditional war film. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, you go into battle and then you come back and you have your discussions on what your tactic is to go in further because you didn't win that time. And then you go in again and you kind of wave your white flag and you again go back and you're making trades and tricks and all that kind of stuff to try Mm -hmm. to get the upper hand. And then the good guys win, quote unquote, win in the end. I really thought that it was a smart way to go about this film, especially because they were a non violent movement but they had to use those smarter tactics they had to get the masses together use their brains come up with a very simplistic kind of way to go about achieving their goals without attacking because they were just never gonna win because they Mm -hmm. just didn't have the same kind of ammunition as yeah the conservatives or whatever. I never really thought of the Martin Luther King era movement as a war. You know, people talk about the Vietnam War and the Second World War and the idea of what war is, but I think people still today are fighting wars all the time. And they kept on saying, like, where are my troops coming down to the South? Where is, you know, yeah, all they that compared kind of a lot stuff. to Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. And I think about a lot of little wars that people are are fighting every single day even today that don't get the same credit and being as tough. I mean, 
the violent scenes in these films were shot mm-hmm. so well and you felt every hit you were scared at the beginning when um they're the all at the jail was it the jail that they were at or were they at the government building i can't remember which building they were at at the beginning when oprah got uh smashed do you remember yeah i think it was at the uh it was a government building can't remember exactly what building it was but you felt the tension of like okay we have to try to maintain some kind of control here or it can go bad really really quickly and you felt the tension of being like okay we need to be as kind of meek as possible we're on our knees our hands are on our heads because we're just being calm and silent it's almost like dealing with like I don't want I mean this in the most loving way possible but it felt like when you approach a dog that is not used to humans and you're like okay I need to get low so that they know that I'm safe I need to approach them softly and it can go wild at any moment and attack you but you just need to kind of control the energy of the Mm -hmm. situation and that's how those beginning of those scenes really felt it felt like we need to kind of control the situation and then it would very often erupt into these extreme violent horrific moments I was thinking about Band of Mm -hmm. Brothers which is a World War II HBO miniseries it really did feel exactly like that and it gave me a new appreciation of what those people were going through at the time and how much they had to really fight their own war at home and even how much more difficult it is to fight a war when you aren't rising to the violence of the other side's level yeah like I think they depicted that well as well where Oprah's character Annie got frustrated in that interaction and hit the police officer mm-hmm. and then that gave them the excuse mm-hmm. to go in and and then all the news stories are well you know we were attacked by by them and it's like you really had to implement self-control in a place where like even self-defense mm-hmm. could be looked at mm-hmm as an attack when it wasn't yeah and having to make those tough calls of like it's like when you were a kid and your parents would say to you when dealing with the bully you know violence is not the answer you have to ignore them you have to do this you have to do that and how that is always easier said than done because emotions are involved Mm -hmm. and family is involved and still having to maintain that self-control it's pretty incredible that they were successful in doing it the scene where jimmy got shot in the restaurant that was so heart-wrenching because Mm -hmm. as a person who has a family has like a mom and had a dad and you can all you know be the person who goes mom dad just be quiet right now we're just gonna everything's fine we're just gonna pretend like we're ordering food and you know you're the younger one and you need to protect them in this moment and then that horrible thing happens and you're just trying to whether you have a child or don't have a child you're trying to save your family's life you know just make sure everyone's okay and you don't want to watch someone that you love die in a horrific way like that and it and it was so it was so mm-hmm. horrible I had to pause because I was like crying so hard because at the beginning I, I felt for Jimmy being like my grandfather's here my mom's here I need to just chill everyone needs yeah. to chill I need to protect them and then it flipped so quickly to now I felt like I was identifying with the mother who was like my son is shot yeah and I'm supposed to just sit by 
Yeah. Because if I do anything, I'm seen as the violent one. But my son just got shot. Like, you're still a mother. You still have love. But you have to go against all of your human instincts in those moments. And that is the self-control. Oh my gosh. And it was portrayed well. It was acted well. Like Very I, well. I got that out of it in that scene. That was something else I noticed throughout the movie is that there was a very deliberate choice to make the performances very theatrical which was cool uh, having done theater in the past to be able to identify you know there wasn't a ton of overlap there wasn't a ton of ums and ahs Mm -hmm. there was all those things we implement to make dialogue feel more natural they were like we don't need it we don't need that we can put in really intelligent conversations that had deep monologues like the jail cell scene where they were having that conversation about what they need to do and is it worth it and all those things the conversation that james i think his character was the really young guy oh that was part of the duo yes those ones um played by stefan james who is a gem of a human being Mm -hmm. um he was in the movie that jesse and i did together and it's just (gasps) he was yeah yeah an incredible force incredible actor really fun yeah wonderful to work with his scene with dr martin luther king in the car Mm. incredible incredible Incredible. like just really like they didn't shy away from using monologues using dark lighting using softer speech Mm. so that you really had to pay attention to it like those are all techniques that are used in a theater setting to create a tone and create a mood and to like really bring the audience in and I think Mm -hmm. watching them do that for film was wonderful Mm -hmm. it didn't take away from the realism of the situation it didn't take away from the humanity it kind of just amplified it in this cool way Mm -hmm. I didn't even truly notice it because I was so captivated buy it and I didn't even really so I'm glad that you said that because I I didn't even realize why I was so enthralled it really did (laughs) first of all every role down to the extras the background in this film they're all roles of a lifetime to participate in this film in general was an honor Mm -hmm. like I'm sure because I found that even the background actors were so believable in being those people like in Mm -hmm. being those people who live there and sorry I was doing two truths and a lie so I I read this but I did notice them and I thought man I feel like these people really do live here and they did Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah they lived in Selma and they used background actors who kind of knew the history of what that moment was, which I also thought was really smart on casting mm-hmm. to not bring in random people, but people who really knew what they were getting themselves into. Because even the smallest little roles, Oprah's role, I mean, mm-hmm. she didn't really have any lines, but such a pivotal person and catalyst to this story mm-hmm. I have a question for you there's this moment yeah. I was confused about so okay. Martin Luther King and his wife are at home and there's kind of this tension between them and she says I'm not an idiot tell me the truth do you love me and he's mm-hmm. sitting there so stiff and he says I do love you and she says do you love any of the others I was confused is she talking about affairs yeah okay yeah so I was like <gasps> No. Say it ain't so. Yeah. Say it ain't so. Yeah. Talk about humanization. Frick. Yes. Yes. Yep. I thought that was really 
brave as well because a lot of that stuff and I think a lot of the information they're getting is from real records because mm-hmm. the FBI was tapping all of their phones mm-hmm. was very involved in their business because I think a lot of civil rights movements at the time there was this idea that it would involve violence and bombings and it became a national threat again quotes so the fbi was keeping tabs on what was going on so a lot of phone conversations probably still exist to this day that was also part of the conversation at the beginning where the fbi guy was saying you know there's tensions in the marriage like they knew So I think it was impossible to make this film and ignore that. Yeah. Which is probably the desire when you're talking about a national hero. You don't want to kind of uncover those things. But they're humans. They are humans. And it was kind of those situations where I'm sure you've seen with people you know. I certainly have seen it with people I know where the job, they're working long distance. They're away from each other. He's constantly on the road giving his speeches in different cities for long periods of time, meeting a ton of people. That stuff happens, Mm -hmm. as sad as it is. And I think it was really great for them to address it in a way that didn't villainize or glorify it just laid it out on the table yeah it is what it is yeah because as I was watching it that's what I picked up on but -hmm. I had never heard that before right but why would I I'm not going did Martin Luther King cheat on his wife that's not really the highlight of his story so that's not something that we we often talk about I was thinking he was narrating writing letters as well and those letters exist and I just my gosh the screenwriting in this was fantastic. Ava DuVernay yeah. did an amazing job. But did she screenwrite it as well? She directed it for sure. Mm-hmm. I was thinking even Martin Luther King, the writer that he was, the speeches that he created, because I'm sure he had like some people in the background, but still, mm-hmm. even the letters were so eloquent, were so well thought of, were so well executed. I was like, I need to take a writing class because these people are just <laughs> magic. Everyone was so good with their words in that era <laughs> even the republican politicians yes were speaking eloquently and with logic and with sense which we haven't seen in a long time yep in yes. our era nope <laughs> but another thing that i found interesting was remember in the movie where martin luther king goes to the president and says do you want to be the president who's known for i don't and can't And then later in the film, when he's meeting up with the governor, the president's meeting up with the governor, he says, do you want to be known as the governor who's the I can't and I don't? And I was like, I appreciated that because also the president elaborated further onto that. And we all do it. We all hear each other. I mean, Kendra, you say things to me all the time and I go, that's good. I'm going to go tell that person. I feel like that's a message that they need to hear. (laughs) And we just all do it. Things stick with us and then we move the message along. And clearly that was a moment that sunk in with me for that character. Yeah. It was nice for it to be so effortlessly moved into another scene without like the dramatization of the moment. When I say that, I mean remembering where you heard it and thinking of Martin Luther King as he said it. A lot of people would think, oh, you need to savor that that little moment of thinking of him. Yeah. He didn't. That connection. Because when you do those things, you don't really think of them. You just imprint it in you, and now it's part of you. 
And then, then he just spewed it out to the governor. And I was like, magic. Was he a governor mm-hmm. or was he a senator? I don't truly know the difference. I don't know that system at all. No. Uh, sorry. Not even a little bit. He was a um, governor or he was a senator. I something. do not know. Yeah, they did a lot of things in this movie, I think, that that made the exposition not overly like they didn't baby us with it Mm -hmm. which we've talked about before with other episodes but I really enjoyed instead of saying we're in this courthouse this is the year Mm -hmm. with that little caption at the bottom of the screen they used FBI notes so they had the FBI header and then notes that they were taking of his movements at the time and I was like that's such a simple way to do something different and do something unique and exciting that is still effective but doesn't feel like I'm being hit over the head the same way that they used actual footage of the march yeah and like they incorporated facts and information into the drama seamlessly which Mm -hmm. i thought was cool that was another note i had where i was like a plus do approve and i also really loved there was one piece of dialogue which i know we want to talk about writing but there's one piece of dialogue that was my favorite and stood out for me for the whole movie and it was where it was immediately after the white pastor from boston had been killed and Martin Luther King went to have a meeting with the president and he said I heard that you called the widow that was great of you that was the right thing to do I wish you had done the same for Mixer Jackson's mom yeah and the idea that in one scene kind of displayed the president's ignorance and kind of got the point across while it also being a compliment and an acknowledgement of what was going on like I just thought there were many pieces of dialogue that floated that Mm -hmm. very seamlessly also the conversation that they had during the first march where the guy turned to John Lewis and the man who was like already a part of Dr. Martin Luther King's group were doing I just want to confirm is it Reverend which one Hosea Williams Wendell Pierce those two actors together he pulled the short straw yes Okay, yep, that's it. We're talking about the same person. Yes. Okay, perfect. So that scene where they first go and he turns to John Lewis and says, can you swim? Yeah. And he goes, no, there's no pools available in my neighborhood to even learn. And it was just such a throw-off line and it still had so much impact that I just, I the writing of this was A+. plus, A++. plus plus. I had a few moments that stuck out to me as well in terms of writing. So especially with the two women, Martin Luther King's wife and I forget what the character's name is, were walking towards the church to meet Malcolm X and they were having that conversation and I just thought that writing was so perfect because it really felt like it came from a Sunday service that I could see her hearing it and it sunk in with her and now anybody who needs a moment of uplifting and all that kind of stuff she is going to give them that little bit of hope you know, time and time again, people do that. I just said it. But a second part, I think it was all the spiritual stuff that I really connected to. When Jimmy died, was murdered, and they were at the morgue. Mm -hmm. And his grandfather is standing there looking at him. And, oh my gosh, the performances in that scene were just Mm -hmm. outstanding. But Martin Luther King says, There's no words to soothe you, but God was the first to cry. 
Like, what? Especially when you talk about these people are the people fighting for their their loved ones, fighting for their, their culture, fighting for the people who, you know, passed away before them and are still passing away. And, oh my gosh, I just, mm-hmm. there were so many tears in this film. Yeah. And there were really good moments of just pointing out the problem. Yeah. I think on the surface, you could look at Selma, and again, it even did it in the in the description of, of the movie, where it's like, they're fighting for their right to vote. But I think there were lots of conversations conversations where it's like it's not just the right to vote if you're not registered to vote you don't get to serve on a jury which means you don't have a say in what happens to the people being persecuted and the people being persecuted are black so there were so many other things they were fighting for Mm -hmm. it was nice to see religion kind of portrayed in like in a positive way yeah you know and I'm sure at the time it was kind of all over the place because I also know both sides of this fight were religious Mm -hmm. but that they used it as a way to come together and especially where a lot more white people and pastors and all kinds of religious leaders showed up for that second march mm-hmm. because it was about togetherness and about supporting one another. I thought it was nice to see it portrayed in a positive light because oftentimes, and deservedly so, religion has gotten itself put in a negative light. So mm-hmm. it was nice to see it in here. And it didn't feel like a sermon. It didn't feel like it was being pushed on me. It didn't feel heavy. It just was a part of the story. I agree. A ni- Not a nice transition. Transition is the wrong word but it was it was a nice change of events use the word god in general in a film and it not be used to manipulate Mm -hmm. or you know because a lot of the times in these films someone goes you know it's god's word and it's like being used in some way to get their own personal manipulative They addressed that too in a scene. There was a great scene where the guy was like, this isn't about God, this is about facts. Yeah. Like, if you go shoot them, they're going to come shoot us. Like, it was a very, Mm -hmm. you know, know, it was a balance. A healthy balance. Yeah, it was definitely a... A sad those scenes were the girls getting blown up yeah like there was jarring jarring intense but I thought it was very well executed yeah are you ready for two truths and a lie I am ready all right okay so Selma is the first feature film of Martin Luther King Jr. that's it <laughs> that's the first one short and sweet you have <clears throat> to repeat it okay <laughs> You didn't understand? No. Selma is the first feature film that depicts Martin Luther King. Okay. Two. Halfway through shooting, production was almost halted because the film was becoming too expensive, according to executives. They were going over budget, so Ava DuVernay and producers stayed up all night and reworked the film so that they can rework the second half of the shooting so that they would stay within budget. But this film almost didn't happen. Because of that. Mm -hmm. And lastly, Ava DuVernay was the seventh choice to be a director for this film. The reason why she got chosen was because directors were just not believing in the film and just leaving to go do some other job. Mm. She was highly recommended by David Oi Lo Yo O. There we go. I'm trying my best. Who was already cast in the film. This film has been kind of in circulation since the early 2000s. And when she got brought on she rewrote the entire script. However, the original writer who is named Paul Webb, I believe. Mm -hmm. He had a clause in his contract that no matter what happened, he would be the sole writer. So one, Selma's the first feature film of Martin Luther King. Two, Halting Production. Three, Ava DuVernay. I mean, the first one I'm struggling with because I don't feel like I have enough detail. Because the first feature film that he was the lead of, the first feature film that he was ever in, because I know that's no, it's true. So let me clarify. The first feature film 
film that is about his story. Okay. I find that very difficult to believe. But but maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. So I think the last one sounds true. As awful as it is, it sounds true. The budget one could be true as well. The first one is just throwing me because of wording, I think. I think the first one is a lie. No, the first one's true. So there was miniseries. So NBC and HBO had two separate miniseries, but mm. there was never a feature film. There's been documentaries, but yes, right. this is the first feature film, but there were two miniseries about Martin Luther King before this. One was like in the 70s and the other one was That kind of makes sense where it's like there's so so much there that how could you possibly fit into one movie which this one didn't like it was an yeah. event within his life it, it didn't really even crack the surface of yeah. like his childhood where he was from all of those mm-hmm. kinds of things the lie is the uh halting production i just yeah yeah i just made that up but it could very <laughs> have you know yep she did have you know budgeting issues at the beginning she really did have to work the script so that it could all get greenlit yeah because there was a lot of people not believing in it. Yeah, and pushback. Yeah, there's this photo that I, f- I found of her. She's just like laying on a floor and there's just papers completely around her. Another interesting thing about this was the original script didn't have any women in it. Mm, of and, course it didn't. Yeah. Of course it didn't. Which I'm so happy that she ended up becoming the director because she wanted to shed light that it wasn't just the men who sacrificed yeah. a lot during that time. Yeah. Women were sacrificed just as much so which goes to show you this is why having female directors BIPOC directors directors who are you know neurodivergent or that is why that is so important yeah because it's it brings a different perspective that it went through so many people that were like yeah this story is great and it had to hit someone with a different perspective to go no wait there are pieces missing Mm -hmm. So, like, that's why that stuff matters so much. Yeah, the script had been, like, flopping around for basically 10 years. And no one had been like, there's no women in this. You know, like. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. Tricked ya. You did. I admit <laughs> defeat. All right. Let us move on to the musties. Which, for anyone listening for the first time, this is where we break down our rating system for the movie. We've decided to use mushrooms out of 10, and we have three different categories on the page, on the screen, on the brain. So, Allison, how did you feel about this movie on the page? For the plot, well, I recently actually listened to a podcast about plot because I was I was like, hmm. Feeling lost? Feeling a little lost. So the main plot, obviously, you know, there's, like, it's a war movie. There was a battle they needed to strategize. There were subplots of relationships. Oh, I thought the plot was really strong. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give the plot a 10. Their character breakdown, kind of hard to have a bad character breakdown since there's so much knowledge about these people and the fact that all of them are real people so I think the character breakdown again is a 10 but to be fair how could it not be when you're doing a biopic that has so much information yeah Mm -hmm. and dialogue I think is a 10 like I said earlier and I kind of shot myself in the foot when I was kind of giving away two truths and a lie (laughs) Ava DuVernay reworking everything she took the actual speeches from Martin Luther King and she took word by word and was like I need to change the word but it needs 
needs to have the same meaning to the same kind of depth and to take that time and really evaluate each single word perfection so I'm gonna give it a yeah. 10 okay I'm gonna give plot a nine because for me I've already established that plot for me I really like it to be to have twists and turns to reveal itself like I think there is a place for complicated plots I think it's not a fault of the movie because it it's based on historical events so they they have to be grounded in a certain way and have limitations when it comes to plot Mm -hmm. I think it was executed very well which is why I'm giving it a nine versus like a citizen Kane, which was also a kind of just a step-by-step part of of someone's life I think I scored that one lower but this one was just done so well that I think nine is a is a safe landing place in the middle for character breakdown I'm also gonna give this one a nine I agree with you I think it was really nice there was lots of detail they took the time there were so many people Mm -hmm. to give profiles on and to give detail about that I think they did great with the amount of time they had I wish there had been a little bit more for the women I'm impressed that they made it in I'm super glad of that I think just just a pinch more would have made it a 10 for me and then dialogue as a 10 not only like the speeches you're talking about but also the times that there weren't speeches Mm. where it was just those throw off lines of Mr. President I hear you you know you made that phone call like those little those little lines were perfection as well so that gets a 10 out of 10 for me okay on to the screen production value so I've never really kind of seen violent scenes like this before you know the fog or the tear gas it just felt really like you were witnessing it like I could have been holding the camera in the actual event I thought that that was really well done it really made you feel all the emotions of what the characters were going through and I think that is extraordinarily difficult I don't even I don't know how they did it never mind the costumes never mind the sets never mind I mean casting is a different story but there were so many elements that were just absolutely to me perfect so I'm going to give it a 10 acting and casting again I'm going to give it a 10 because to cast someone who not only takes the time to represent Martin Luther King in a proper way with humility like we said also physically looks like him so much right and then the background I was blown away that they took the time to even consider that and then you know you would think which they did to hire some kind of just star studded people in the films and kind of put them in the forefront that I knew that Oprah was in this film but she wasn't in a ton of it and there were other well-known actors in this film and they kind of had smaller roles they didn't really feel like they needed to push you know bigger actors in the front to sell their movie and I loved that Mm -hmm. directing I don't (laughs) think that this film would have been good without her I think that it's really obvious that she's amazing and I'm so glad that she reworked the script I it sucks she didn't get a writer's credit but we all know that she did it directing a 10 yeah excellent for me production value is also a 10 I think attention to detail the costumes the the I even had notes about the lighting Mm -hmm. they weren't afraid and I have a big critique about I hate it when movies are too dark yep but I think they use darkness well here where it was like it was when those intimate conversations were happening or when dirty dealings were going down Mm -hmm. like that's when they chose to use it as opposed to just oh it's dark well that makes it spooky and then a bunch of things are happening that you can't see or you can't grasp that first attack I have a note where the lighting was so where it was just like silhouetted like people 
people running through the streets and you could just see the outlines of them was so great and so effective. I wanted to shout out the lighting, hair, makeup, costumes. There were some scenes I did feel were slightly long, but I think that that was part of the mood and part of the theatrics. So in this case, I'm letting it go. For me, acting and casting is getting a 9.5 because I had an opposite experience to you where Oprah and Common took me out of it. Mm, I didn't even know it was Common. You didn't? No. He, to me, I found, and I don't think it, it's a it's a critique on them or their performances. Like, I think they worked really hard and obviously wanted to be in this because the subject matter was really important to them and they wanted to have a piece of it. And I think if it's, I was in their position, I would do the exact same thing. But I did find, I was like, oh, it's Oprah. Oh, it's Common. That's like, true. Like, for them, I wasn't able to put them into a character, whereas all the other actors, I was able to. Mm-hmm. So I actually think, at least for me, that did it a disservice. Mm. I think if those two people had been actors who weren't so recognizable for something else, Mm -hmm. it would have sunk me in it even deeper. The performances were great, but it was just a matter of me knowing who they are and I couldn't put that aside. Which I was able to do for Stefan, who I know personally. So I think that's also a testament to that performance. And then for directing, I agree, 10. Absolute 10. What a tour de force in terms of making sure shit got done. And it got done right. I thought you were going to say tour de France. No. (laughs) What a tour de France. I was like, tour de France. She has a tour de France. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. Okay, on the brain, last category. Suspending reality. Well suspended I was nervous I will be honest when I looked it up I was like this movie is two hours why is it two hours <laughs> I was absolutely and I did at times be like how much more of this story are we getting and I did check in with that so for that I will get it a nine because I was kind of I felt like I was getting just for just slightly it and this is me being nitpicky lost in the sauce sometimes yeah very very minimally emotional connection 10 Sean was in the other room saying <laughs> It sounds like bad things are happening because I kept on being like <gasps> and sobbing and like pause the movie at one point because I was when Jimmy died I cried a lot I was very yeah. very connected to him recommend yes a hundred percent I would recommend this film this is where things get kind of weird though I would recommend it this is an important film to watch but as we were watching this film I'm thinking about all those viral videos of all those people and they would not watch this film those people you know who I'm talking about when I say those people so I would recommend it to everybody but would it be watched by everybody I don't a hundred percent know so does that go into my recommendations no I don't think so okay well then yes 100 percent. i would recommend it to everybody 10 the message i mean the message of quality amongst all is very clear i think though the message was already given to them before the film even started because of the nature of what this film was yeah now if i put that aside the other messages that are kind of sub layered in there of unified love taking care of each other no matter what the message of justice in general and what that means and how to go about it in an intelligent way I thought those were also really strong 
So I will give message a 10 as well. Suspending reality for me, I'm doing the same as you. This is where I didn't dock production for the scenes feeling very long. Suspending reality, I do. Because I there were a couple things. And I don't know whether it was also stuff going over my head because I don't understand U.S. politics. But there was a lot of names being thrown around at certain moments where I was yeah. like, am I supposed to know who these people are? Yeah. And I remember having those like panicked feelings of like, oh God, am I going to have to remember that name? Or will I? Is that going to ruin the rest of the movie? It didn't, which was lovely. But I did kind of like have those moments. I think for emotional connection I'm gonna give it a 9.5 because there were so many people to keep track of I didn't find myself I didn't cry in this which is I that could be a mood thing who knows I definitely was like affected the the explosion was really jarring yeah and almost took me a minute to catch up so that was definitely an extreme emotion I felt the sadness I think a lot of things were really well portrayed but there was something I just I feel like I wasn't able to get as deep into each individual as I would have liked to so it's a 9.5 there for me would I recommend 10? Yes. Everyone should see this movie. <laughs> Again, kind of like do the right thing. I'm I'm sad I didn't get to it sooner, especially because Stefan James is an incredible actor who I've worked with before. So you're not only a bad person, but you're a bad friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. And then for the message, it gets a 10 for me as well, because not only everything you talked about with equality and the importance of coming together and supporting each other through our struggles, I also really thought the humanization of these characters was a great message, where it was Mm -hmm. like, your heroes are human, and you have to take that into consideration when you think about everything they did. And I thought that was very well portrayed in this movie as well. So, on the page, my score is a 9.33 and Allison's is a 10. For on the screen, my score is a 9.83 and Allison's is a 10. And then for on the brain, Allison's final score is a 9.75 and mine is a 9.63, which means final score of this film overall for Allison is a 9.92 and mine is a 9.73, giving it an average of 9.82 mushrooms for Selma. I wonder if we'll ever get a 10. I don't know. It'd be very interesting. I think I'm probably too nitpicky for that, but we'll see. But like a we 9.8 haven't hit one yet. is pretty good. I mean, it doesn't yep. really, like it almost gets better. I would have accepted that score in school, you know? Yep, exactly. <laughs> does it pass the Bechtel test? I think it does. It does, absolutely. I yeah. think that scene that you were talking about after, that felt like after Sunday service between mm-hmm. those two characters. Mm-hmm made it pass and I think it easily could have been cut from the movie but I think there was a conscious effort going we do not have enough conversations between women and it was left in I also think the message of this seemed like a masculine battle like most wars do Mm -hmm. really focus on men or are portrayed that way exactly there are struggles that women have to go through as well and so I think that was important to leave that scene in there because it talked about that that was that that's what that scene talked about yeah um does it pass (laughs) imagine (laughs) it didn't pass the DuVernay test (laughs) I know she's gonna have this enormous pressure on her for the rest of her career I think she's okay (laughs) with it she's doing some amazing work yeah yes it does pass the DuVernay test Oh, hilarious. Imagine it didn't. That would be so funny, but it doesn't. (laughs) Kendra, who is your day player of the day? My day player of the day, which I don't know if we've talked about this in a while in some of our episodes, but day player of the day is just a day player refers to a character who has a 
a smaller role, maybe only spent one day on the film, but we want to shout out for an impactful performance. Mm-hmm. So for me... Very well said, by the way. Oh, oh, thank you. My day player of the day is Charity Jordan. Who's that? She plays Viola Lee Jackson, who mm. was the mother of... Jimmy. Jimmy Jackson, yes, Mm -hmm. who was killed. And I think, yes, she had more than one day because she had little, like, snippets here and there. But every shot of that woman was steeped in deep emotion, whether it was fear, whether it was sadness, whether it was that moment of feeling even a little bit like the sacrifice was worth it. Mm -hmm. Every moment that she had on screen was phenomenal. So she is. She was definitely a highlight of the film for me too. It's interesting because I was really trying to stick to the day player one day, and I was watching this film. You're like, all these people had more than one day because they were all here forever. Yeah, they were in a bunch of setups. So I decided to really stick to the day player. I wanted to pick someone who had one day, and so I picked. Jordan Rice. Who is Jordan Rice? This is an interesting one for me because I did read an article where Ava DuVernay said she really wanted to give every single character a real name from a real person in the story, but Jordan Rice is credited as Girl 3. Ah. And I don't know if she has a real name in the screenplay and she's just credited as Girl Number 3. But... When the girls who were victims of the attack blew up, she was, I think, it's hard to tell. Of course. The one Especially who, when they just give you girl. Mm-hmm. So I'm nominating her, but I could be thinking of somebody else. But she was the one who was talking about her mom and how her mom does her hair right before. Yeah. So I decided to nominate her. That scene was heartbreaking for a tremendous amount of reasons. But to think that those little girls were talking about their moms and their how their mom does her hair and all that kind of stuff. And then this horrible event happens. Just, again, shivers. Mm-hmm. Got a fever. I got a fever. <laughs> so, yeah, I nominate Jordan Rice. Good good job, Jordan Rice. Excellent. You did a really good job. Yeah. All the kids in that scene were incredible. Yeah. And I read and I don't remember the actual kids' names who were the real victims in the attack. But I thought it would have been interesting to kind of give them character names and, and say you were this yeah. kid. But anyway. Kendra. Yes. What are we watching next week? Okay, so next we are watching The Shawshank Redemption. The film features Tim Robbins as well as Morgan Morgan Freeman. Freeman. Why did that take so long? I don't know. I think my brain's firing on some weird cylinders here, but that's okay. So the storyline is two imprisoned men bond over a number of years finding solace and eventual redemption through acts of common decency. Nice. Yeah, so it's a period piece. It is set, well... Through a couple different periods, obviously, it takes place over a couple years. And this is going to be a very special episode as well because we actually have a guest. Yeah, because Kendra, you've seen this film. I've seen this film, but our guest has not seen this film. (laughs) And who's our guest? Our guest is the amazing, wonderful Katie Breyer. She has been a friend of ours for years. Allison, longer than me, because again, I got introduced in a similar way for anyone who listened to the last guest episode with Jesse, knows that that's how we were introduced. But Katie is an incredible tour de force actress here in Toronto who has been on many different things including Murdoch Mystery most recently The Boys she is also a budding screenwriter and is just the cutest little little bean we've talked about her before too where we're like she's the one you'd recommend all the 80s 
90s heartthrob movies too <laughs> absolutely absolutely would yep she's a 90s babies at heart yeah yeah so we are very excited to do our episode with her second guest yes. second guest <laughs> excited to watch the Shawshank Redemption again because it's yes. been a long time yeah it really has mm-hmm. I'm excited the Shawshank Redemption can't do his accent but Morgan Freeman is a freaking beast all right <laughs> So, Kendra, where can individuals find us if they're looking to look at the Instagram? <laughs> if you're lurking around social media, you can find us at Unseen Must Sees, both on Instagram and on Twitter. And just so you know, we started doing this thing on Mondays, Monday Movie Trivia, where we do a quick little trivia game, the winners and the answers come out on Tuesday. But if you want to participate, it's going to be on our Instagram stories on Mondays. Yes. And if you want to leave us a little ditty at an email address, Kendra, where would you find us? You would find us at unseenmustsees at gmail.com. Send us a little note. Send us all the compliments. We love them. No (laughs) criticism whatsoever. Just compliments. (laughs) I'm kidding. Send whatever you want. Actually, don't. 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 I take it back. (laughs) Don't send whatever you want. Not whatever you want. Anything related to the podcast. Anything related specifically to to the podcast. podcast. Thoughts, feelings, (laughs) movie suggestions. You know, beyond that, yeah. maybe just keep it to yourself. Keep it, keep it to yourself, yeah. All right. Well, eat your lunch, do your homework, and come straight home. And go watch movies. You better watch your movies. Okay. Love you guys. Have the best day of your life. Bye. Bye. Bye.